0: Isaiah 4213 reads I the Lord your God hold your right hand it is I who say to you fear not I am the one who helps you good to know especially for managing money. I'm Rob West. When we pray and act in God's will, He'll give us our heart's desire. So let me ask, is your heart up to a financial challenge? I'll talk about that first today, then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. Call it 24-7, 800-525-7000. This is Money Wise Live, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, let's say you've done everything you can think of to get your finances on track. You've drawn up a spending plan, started saving and paying down debt. Maybe you're even taking steps to cut down on impulse buying. That's a great start. And if you haven't done those things, I can't urge you enough to start today. Download the free MoneyWise app to set up a spending plan. Get it wherever you download your apps. Just search for MoneyWise Biblical Finance. Then start saving, set a preliminary goal of $1,500. When you reach that mark, keep going, this savings account becomes fully funded when you have at least three months' living expenses in it. If you need help with that, contact one of our volunteer coaches at MoneyWiseLive.org. They can help you learn to live on less than you make, which is a critical step for achieving financial security. Uh, But circling back, if you've done all those things, I have a new challenge for you. Actually, a list of challenges. Uh, Start with just one of them, and when you've achieved it you'll be encouraged to go on to the next so uh, let's start with one you've probably never thought of a complete moratorium on shopping, not for groceries or clothes the kids need. I'm talking about retail therapy as some call it. Decide on a period of time, let's say a week or two, and commit to not spend a dime on anything but the absolute essentials. I believe you'll gain insight on your spending habits and probably realize you're spending too much on things you really don't need. You'll free up money that you could put to better use elsewhere. All right, here's the next challenge. Sell some things. Set a goal of two or $300. Then sell no longer needed or wanted items that are clogging up your closets and basement. If you can't park in the garage because it's jammed with stuff, well, selling enough to meet your goal should be pretty easy. They say one man's junk is another man's treasure, and having a garage sale is one way to convert your junk into treasure. But then remember the spending ban. Don't take your newfound cash and buy more stuff that'll end up back in the garage someday. All right, the next financial challenge also gets rid of stuff, but specifically clothing. You probably have more than you need, and some of it you never wear anymore. So set a goal to unload 25% of your clothing. You can decide that by the number of pieces or the amount of space it's taking up, but either way, it shouldn't be difficult. Once you know the items you want to part with, you can go online to sell them. Check out Poshmark. Thread up and of course, eBay. We'll have links to those in today's show notes. Oh, and by the way, it's always helpful to set a goal when you decide to sell things. That will keep you motivated. They say if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. All right, here's your next financial challenge. Uh, Try to make at least one extra mortgage payment each year. If you do that with a 30-year, $200,000 mortgage at 3% interest, you'll save more than $13,000 in interest and shorten your payments by three and a half years. Well, like everything so far, this requires delayed gratification, but it's worth it. Uh, Making one extra mortgage payment is really paying a bit more now to save a whole lot later. All right, for our next financial challenge, we need to address giving and tithing. If you haven't made a commitment to be a regular percentage giver to your church, now's the time to take that step. If you're having trouble trusting God to provide, Malachi 310 should help. Here's what it reads. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. Just remember that God's blessing isn't necessarily financial. He can bless your life in more ways than you can imagine. Now, one more financial challenge. Start investing for retirement if you haven't already. The day will come when age or health prevents you from working and you can't rely on Social Security for all of your retirement income. Start putting as much as you can into a qualified retirement account. That's like a 401k or an IRA. The sooner you start, the more time you give those assets to make compounding gains and that's the real power of investing. So, those are your financial challenges. Key Keep us posted on your progress. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and this is Moneywise Live, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Thanks for joining us at Money Wise Live. I'm Rob West, your host, Hey, we'd love for you to check out MoneyWiseLive.org, our new website. By the way, you can hear... An archive of today's broadcast and all of our broadcast archives, if you want to go back and listen to a topic of choice, uh, there's a wonderful search feature that allows you to search not only our broadcast episodes, but our articles and podcasts and videos. The search even covers our MoneyWise community. So if somebody's asked a question that you also have that's been answered by one of our coaches, you'll find that as well. It's there at MoneyWiseLive.org. We've got some great featured articles right now, uh, including one we'll cover later this week. Uh, On how to panic proof your investing. We talk with Mark Biller, as well as Art Rayner's new article, The Five Biggest Financial Mistakes Couples Make and How to Avoid Them. That plus much more is there uh, for you to learn and study and uh, take in. It's there at moneywiselive.org. We'd love for you to check it out. All right, we're going to head to the phones here in just a moment. We've got some lines open. We'd love to hear from you. Whatever's on your mind today, uh, we'll tackle it together as you and Invite us into your financial journey, and we try to shed some light on biblical principles that apply to your situation. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. Lines are open right now, 800-525-7000. We're going to begin today in Philadelphia, PA. Hi, John. How can I help you?
1: Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Uh, Good. I have two properties. One is paid for, and I have a mortgage on my first home. I'm going to be selling the other uh, pro- uh, property that has no mortgage on it, and I wanted to know: should I take the money from that and pay my mortgage off on my original home?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, More that would certainly benefit. be. Yeah, that would certainly be the safest thing to do. Uh, as I assume you've decided, you don't want to redeploy that in another investment property. Is that right?
1: Well, I didn't know if that was a good idea or not. Well, wasn't sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this money uh, is a part of what you would consider to be long-term retirement savings or something else? Yeah. Yeah, I would say okay. so. All right. And are you also saving in uh, qualified accounts through your work or some other type of retirement vehicle with stocks and bonds?
1: No, I'm, I'm self-employed, and I have some. Uh, I have stocks.
0: Okay. I, I'm, in,
1: right. uh, I'm an investment broker.
0: Okay. And are you trying to get as much of that into a uh, tax-deferred environment, like through a SEP IRA or something like that?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, owe, okay. I owe about 200000 on my house now, and I was thinking about taking uh, – I selling the other house for four. I was okay. thinking about just taking taking that and paying off my other mortgage, so I'm not, I'll be, I'll, I would be debt-free.
0: Yeah. Well, I really like that approach. I mean, there'd be some folks, John, that would say, yeah, you can do better other places. And I would say, well, perhaps, but not necessarily. The only way to get a guaranteed return would be to pay off your mortgage, and you'd at least be guaranteed a return equal to the interest rate on the mortgage. But there's the non-financial side as well that gives you the peace of mind, the security, and the reduction in your lifestyle spending, namely, uh, no longer having a mortgage payment that would just Uh, I think give you a a lot of flexibility moving forward. Uh, Clearly in Scripture we should see that I think over time we should be moving toward being debt-free just based on the way the Bible talks about debt. It's not a sin to borrow, uh, but uh, I think we're more apt to be in a position to follow the leading of the Lord without being encumbered. Uh, So I don't think you can ever go wrong with that approach. Now if you said to me, Rob, I'm comfortable hanging on to the debt, I have a plan to get it paid off in a reasonable time period, at least by the time I retire, and I'd rather redeploy this money and invest it, try to do better than I could. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Um, what I would say is let's make sure you have at least that three to six months in your emergency fund, and then you re- if you redeploy it, I would try to get as much of that going into um, a qualified account as possible. Uh, you know, as a self-employed individual, I'd talk to your investment advisor or broker about having a SEP IRA, whether you fund it from the proceeds of the sale or just out of your you know income and profits moving forward on your small business. But you're able to put away up to twenty five percent of your compensation or fifty eight thousand uh, dollars for twenty twenty one. And you would get a deduction on what goes in, um, and then you would have the opportunity for that to grow on a tax-deferred basis. But with regard to the proceeds of this property, I really like, personally, the idea of you just wiping out that mortgage, being completely debt-free, and then moving forward, it gives you the opportunity to either save more – because you no longer have this mortgage payment or even increase your giving. But in either case, you'd enjoy the flexibility and freedom that comes with being unencumbered. And I can tell you, I've never in all the years I've been doing this had somebody call and say they wish they hadn't do that. (laughs) Does that make sense, though?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was feeling that in my heart. I just wasn't sure.
0: Yeah, I feel like that conviction probably is from the Lord, so I'd go with that. And uh, I think you uh, you won't look back, John. So we appreciate your call today. Thanks for checking in with us, my friend. 800-525-7000 is the number to call to Wildwood, Florida. I drive through there on my way south to see family. Hi, Jim. How can I help you?
2: I'm doing all right. I've got a question about Roth IRA. Does it matter when you go into it? In uh, no, it really words, doesn't. Kind of low.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you mean uh, when you move into the market or when you make the contribution?
2: Contribution. I already have it open. I've got seven in it now. And I can put seven in it right now if I want to. And actually, it's both of my wife and I. So it would be seven each. Okay. Yeah. And, um, well, in terms of the I contribution. Does it matter when you go in? Will it make a difference where the, the market is?
0: Yeah, so, so there's two events that occur, John. There's the contribution to the account, which comes in in the form of typically cash. Um, and so as that contribution comes in as cash, then you could... Theoretically, leave that right there in the money market uh, and not deploy it, uh, but you go ahead and get the contribution made. That can be done at any time up until you file that year's tax return. So you could even make a 2021 contribution in 2022 prior to filing the 2021 return. But then there's a second step after the contribution is made into either of those Roth accounts for you to deploy those assets in the stock market. And I would say, you know, based on the fact that you're talking about $7,000, I'd probably go ahead and and put that in. Um, You know, one way to think about it would be to set this up as a systematic contribution, um, you know, over each month and then you'd invest it on a monthly basis, and that way you're going to dollar-cost average into the market. Um, but if you have the ability to kind of front-load it, meaning the cash is available, and you could put that money in, uh, you know, theoretically in in January for the full year, I'd go ahead and start deploying that money in the market right away, because then you have more time for it to compound. Now, you could argue that, well, what if the market heads south? Well, it could, but keep in mind, you know, we're talking Seven thousand dollars a year, and you know you're going to buy in at different levels year after year, and the key is you know if you 've got a long time horizon, I want that money working for me as long as I can get it so um, I would say if if right now you're contributing for twenty twenty one go ahead and put that money in. And then, you know, perhaps you'd uh you know, begin deploying that money right away and I wouldn't wait over a long period of try time and try to time your entry. I would either do it all on the front end or I'd do it on a systematic basis if you're gonna make those contributions monthly. Does that make sense to you?
2: Yeah, and that's and and I'm in a position where I can front load it and that's what I was I've been going to do it and just ain't done it. Yeah, and I yeah. was just wondering, you know, should I go on ahead? And because I was kind of waiting, think, hey, things may fall down the yeah, way things were yeah. going here a few months ago. Yes, so I just thought maybe I might wait till it comes down.
0: Right, know. and they could, but keep in mind, you know, you're only just a few months away from being able to fund 2022, and if you have the ability to front load next year, you could go ahead and make this contribution, get this money working for you. Perhaps the market's higher in January, but maybe not. Maybe it's lower, and then you have the opportunity to go and make your 2022 contributions and redeploy those assets. And perhaps you're buying more shares with the same dollars because the market's down. But in either case, trying to predict the moves of the market and not investing systematically, I think is a mistake because generally that doesn't work out. So I'd say in this case, go ahead and make the contribution, deploy the funds, and then do that again as soon as you can in 2022. And we appreciate your call today. You know, as we think about our investing, uh, we want to do it in a way that honors the Lord, uh, but we also want to take full advantage of the compounding. Uh, You know, compounding is a powerful force, and it works for us most effectively when it's done over the long time horizon. So we want to invest as early as we can. And I think investing systematically through what I called dollar cost averaging is a very effective way to go. The key is to start early and be consistent. Hey, more to come on Moneywise Live just around the corner. Stay with us. We're glad you've joined us today on Moneywise Live. Taking your calls and questions on anything financial, here's the number, 800-525-7000. We've got four lines open, 800-525-7000. In just a moment, we'll talk to Dave about universal life insurance. And Kim has a question about a traditional IRA. Michael has a balance transfer question related to a credit card. But next up is Lisa in Boynton Beach. Hi, Lisa. How can I help?
3: Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I love listening to you every day on my way (laughs) Oh.
0: <laughs> well thank you so my, question,
3: yeah. <laughs> so my question is my husband and I um, we've been wanting to invest in um, real estate for a while um, and we're ready to like you know um, hit the button but I'm wondering is it a good time to invest in uh, a rental like short-term property such as like uh, Airbnb to rent it out
0: sure uh, have you done this before Lisa or would this be a first for you guys
3: First time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And tell me about your financial situation. Do, do you have a mortgage on your primary residence?
3: Yes, we do. Okay. We have a, a mortgage. We just refinanced probably, I want to say, at the start of or towards like the summer of the pandemic. So sure. initially when we purchased a home in 2018, our interest rate was about like high three. Now we're in okay. the like low two or yeah high two. Um, okay. And Very so we good. have some money saved up that would be put down for this house.
0: Yeah, that's great. And uh, what are you planning to put down? How much do you have available?
3: Um, About
0: 20%. Okay, excellent. And have you uh, done some due diligence to look at similar properties in that area on Airbnb just to see... Uh, you know, what they're renting for in different seasons, because I know South Florida, if that's where you're buying is very seasonal. Uh, So you've got to factor that in. And then secondly, have you done any due diligence with others who have done this on Airbnb, just to kind of find out what their experience has been? Talk to me about how you've prepared for this.
3: Well, uh, we actually want to look into Davenport area over by the Disney World. Um, what we've noticed, we've done uh, quite a few research. We're, like, in the initial stages, but um, quite a few research in terms of, like, the homes, they come fully furnished. And a lot of it, they come with, like, a, a rent roll where they're booked, like, already nine months out. So mm-hmm. it would just be, I guess, the seller just selling, and we would just kind of take um, that type of thing.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah. So the properties you'd be looking at have been already been used in the same way. So you'd be relying on some of that history, which is helpful. Well, I'm exactly. glad to hear you have at least 20% down. I'd love for that to be a bit more. I mean, I would say that's typically the minimum for a, a primary residence. I love to see closer to 50% with a rental property just because, uh, you know, the debt service has a way of kind of eating away at our profits. And, you know, if we go through a period where, Uh, You know, it's difficult to get renters unexpectedly or there's unforeseen damage that comes and you're not able to recoup that, Um, you know, having that uh, low debt service is key. But, you know, if you feel like you all have the financial health underneath you, this isn't going to rob you of your emergency fund. You're contributing beyond this uh, savings you've done to a retirement account. And so you're kind of on track there and you had enough margin to then build up separately this down payment and you've done your due diligence that I'm I like this idea of you having another asset class working for you and kind of building this uh, side business if you will i mean clearly it's a seller's market so property is going to be expensive especially in florida there's no doubt about that you're going to be paying top dollar and that's a potential negative to this but on the plus side uh, Airbnb bookings are way up uh, despite the delta surge so um, you know we see strength there now we're in a really strong economy so one of the questions lisa I think would just be let's say 18 months 2 years from now we're in a recession and you know the bookings are down uh, what is your staying power in terms of being able to carry that mortgage if, you know, what they had been seeing on these properties the last 12 to 24 months is all of a sudden a completely different scenario. I mean, let's say, Lord willing, the pandemic's gone, but let's say economically, you know, things are headed down for a period of time, and let's say that lasted a couple of years. Could you all weather that, or would you put yourself in a position where you could lose the property and or damage kind of the rest of your financial life? So I think we need to play out some of those scenarios, especially when you're taking on a big mortgage, so talk to me just as my last question as to your readiness for a recession with this property in place and you guys not getting the bookings you had hoped for.
3: Yeah, so I do. We I do, we do uh, have this other side job where it's like passive income. So in addition to like not including the down payment, like we don't have the fifty percent, but. We do have some income that actually comes in every month, about twenty five hundred dollars every month. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but and you don't rely on that yeah, for your
0: your monthly expenses.
3: Not at all. It's, okay, we don't great. even touch it.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, so I think that would be there to carry the mortgage if for some reason something happened. In the meantime, you're building equity. So sounds like you've got all the pieces in place. I'd say prayer prayerfully consider this, and uh, I think it sounds like a great option before too long. Who knows? You may have two or three of these and be calling back to tell us how it worked. But uh, all the best to you in the days ahead, Lisa, and I like your plan. Hey, more to come on Money Wise Live just around the corner. Stay with us. We've got some lines open, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. We're so glad to have you along with us today on Money Wise Live. We've got uh, two lines open for your calls today. We'll take as many as we can. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. Hey, we're just three weeks into our new Money Wise Weekly Wisdom email. That's right. It's a weekly email delivered to your inbox with a short uh, thought from me about managing money God's way, as well as some recommended reads, some trending podcasts, and much more. Uh, our new edition comes out later this week, and I'd love for you to have it. Uh, in there, I talk about the most common financial mistake people make. Uh, we also have some great articles, uh, one called Slaying the Paper Piles to help you understand what you need to keep and for how long related to the IRS. Uh, We also have an article on values-based investing, and one, according to Jesus, what was the greatest hindrance to our faith? Uh, That plus some great podcasts and... A survey we're going to ask you to partner with us on, along with the National Christian Foundation, to help shape the future of Christian giving. That's right. You'll be able to participate in this survey sponsored by the National Christian Foundation in uh, collaboration with some incredible research firms. And this is going to be a groundbreaking study that will really. I think, help us gain an understanding of the current landscape of Christian giving. And we're partnering to take this to you, our Money Wise audience, uh, to collect some valuable data that we can then bring back to you uh, to share with you in the days ahead. So I'd love for you to go ahead and get signed up for our Money Wise Weekly Wisdom email. It's really easy to do. In fact, uh, the best way for you to do it, is just to uh, go download the MoneyWise app and create a free account. By doing that, uh, you'll be ready to receive the MoneyWise Weekly Wisdom email, or uh, you can just go to moneywise.org and sign up. It's quick and easy. And again, uh, that'll be delivered to your inbox every week. I know it'll be an encouragement to you, so sign up today. All right, we're going to head back to the phones. Dave is in Dover, Ohio. Hello, Dave. How can I help you, sir? Uh, yes, sir. I'll
4: try to keep my question short. Um, my wife and I each have a $50,000 universal life policy, which we purchased a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, primarily uses a death benefit when we were young and, and be- even before we had the kids. I'm now 72. My wife is 69. Um, I just noticed on the last statement that we got um, the surrender value uh, of each of the plans is about $10,000. Uh, each uh, the problem is I've also noticed that on the where it shows the contribution the monthly statements and the interest being received even though that was five and a half percent x number of years ago the uh, surrender value is going down because the monthly yeah. cost of that insurance keeps going up uh, and and of course uh, is greater than the interest being paid does it make any sense for me to like pay an additional amount on that. So I could keep each one of those counts going, or just cash them out and and go whatever. The you know if I cash them out and put them in a a, a, a savings account, I really can't earn that much either. But right. the the, uh, right. the surrender value is going down each month yeah. now.
0: Yeah, and it will continue to. Obviously, the mortality expense portion of this is going to continue to rise as you age because there's more cost involved in them being able to continue to provide the death benefit, which it sounds like you don't really need at this point because you have other assets and no dependents that would be relying on this death benefit if something were to happen to you or your wife. Is that right?
4: Uh, Yes. We have a... We have a couple hundred thousand and a four hundred three being set. I re, we really don't need this as a yeah. death benefit for each yeah. you know for each other. Something should happen yeah. to us.
0: Yeah. So I think there's an opportunity here for you to go ahead and, and surrender this. I mean, you're going to want to understand exactly what the tax implications are and any uh, penalties. But you've obviously uh, are seeing there on the policy the surrender value, and that's going to be key. You'll want to know how much of that is earnings which could be subject to federal and possibly state income taxes but apart from that i think you know that's going to continue to erode as the mortality expense increases and as you said you really don't have a need for this death benefit so i think getting that out perhaps using it to shore up you know your emergency fund even though it's not earning a whole lot or redeploying it you know into a good balanced uh, you know mutual fund with stocks and bonds uh, you know if the lord tarries and you all are in good health uh, you could need this money a couple of decades down the road and so you might as well have it earning for you without kind of this drag of the uh the insurance expenses on it so i think that's probably the direction i'd head dave
4: okay thank you very very much that sounds great
0: all right god bless you my friend we appreciate your call uh kim is in farmville south carolina hi kim how can i help
5: hi um i have a, a traditional ira that's um uh, funded through Edward Jones through in and it's in uh actually in the Charleston area and I live in this uh area of Arnville. So um I work for a company that matches uh match the um contribution and so they there's an Edward Jones here in my hometown and I'm thinking about transferring that one to the to uh this Edward Jones in my hometown uh the traditional that I have. And my question is should I um uh should I um keep the start a new traditional RA and have it fund through my paycheck uh through my uh company, my paycheck, and, or just tra- just have this traditional RA um funded through uh, the company um, traditional RA with the Edward Jones the money that I already have that um, pretty uh, pretty uh, much and, yeah and the,
0: the question I'd have is um, th- what retirement plans you have available to you through work I mean a, an individual retirement account is not something you do on a uh, you know salary deferral uh, you make direct contributions personally uh, so what investment ac- or what uh, retirement accounts do you have available to to you through work, other than this IRA, the traditional IRA that you already have.
5: Well, the 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 Edward Jones is affiliated with this company. That the Edward Jones here in my hometown is affiliated with the um, uh, company, and they told me that uh, I would have to open a traditional IRA um, to be funded through the company, and so mm. I was just trying to. I was trying to take this traditional and instead of just opening a new traditional RA with this new um, Edward Jones that I'm thinking about transferring everything over to that's affiliated with the company, um, should I uh, use this traditional that I've been funding through uh, my bank um, with the company?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think I'm a little confused on that and I'm wondering if if perhaps it's a traditional 401k that you have available to you. I mean, the bottom line is you can have multiple, but I'd I'd put them all together. And so if you're planning on moving to a new local office in your hometown with Edward Jones, I'd visit with that advisor. Uh, You don't have to open a new one. They can just reassign the account to the local office and to the advisor that you plan to work with. And then it's just a matter of determining what you're going to be funding moving forward. I would start with a 401k Or retirement plan at work that has any kind of matching. If you don't have that available at the very least, let's systematically fund this traditional IRA. But uh, there's not a need to open a new one. If you've already got one, let's just move it to the local office. The key is just keep consistently contributing to it uh, moving forward. And I think having somebody that you can walk in and sit down with there locally makes a lot of sense, Kim. So I know there's a lot of moving pieces there, but I think you're on the right track, sir. And uh, we appreciate your call today very much. This is Money Wise Live, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. We're going to pause for a brief break, but a lot more to come just around the corner. Stay with us. Welcome back to MoneyWise Wise Live. I'm Rob West, your host. In just a moment, we'll head back to the phones. But first, it's Monday, where we're joined in this segment by our good friend Bob Dahl, Chief Investment Officer of Crossmark Global Investments, where values and investments intersect. You can find out more at crossmarkglobal.com. Uh, Bob, last week, uh, the U.S. equities finished lower. Wait a minute. I thought the stock market always went up.
6: In your dream, apparently not. Right. <laughs> Tell us what happened. Well, what what was the point. headline? <laughs> so, so you, you make make a good point. People have expected the market to go up because it basically has almost nonstop for eighteen months. Yeah. To re- review, stocks have doubled in the last eighteen months, up a hundred percent. That's not normal. So, a setback, a bit of one last week, more of one today. Uh, is, is very normal. We're just not used to it, and therefore it kind of – look, it's a, c- a collection of things. The economic growth is slowing, therefore earnings growth is slowing. As we've talked about on this call, not all inflation is transitory. Yeah. The Fed at some point will cease to be the best friend of the markets. Uncertainty about the fiscal circus, can I call it, in Washington, D.C., <laughs> then we had a real estate problem in China over the weekend, and that's the excuse for the sell-off today. Um, you know, it's it, in my view, it's in some sense surprising. We had had some pullback before this, Rob. Yeah. Clearly, the bull market is not over. We're just in a pause that's very normal. I hope it's a pause that refreshes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bob, were there any of those data points that you just referenced that gives you any kind of concern longer term, or are you still encouraged?
6: The, the one I'm concerned about is the inflation one. The, the, this mm-hmm. belief that inflation is all transitory and therefore going to disappear, as we've talked about on other Monday calls, I, I think is a little naive. i to be careful. That's a little critical, the Fed. Fed's a lot smarter than I am, but I just don't see it that way. Go shopping, look at wage rates, inflation up.
0: Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Uh, But, you know, this really presents for the systematic dollar cost investing type of investor a great opportunity, right? Because, uh, you know, markets don't always go straight up. And when we see these dips and we're buying more shares with the same amount of money, that's a good thing for long-term investing, right?
6: Absolutely. If you're a dollar cost averager and you do it once a quarter and the end of the quarter is coming, don't hold back because you're nervous the market's been selling off. Stay with your systematic program. Uh, It uh, works over the long term and the volatility helps the dollar cost averager.
0: Yeah. Uh, Two final questions, Bob, before we let you go. What about jobs, uh, employment? What were your takeaways from the latest data there?
6: So, um we know uh, the, the the jobs report earlier this month was a disappointment. What we don 't know and how much of that disappointment is covid slash delta related. My guess is a bunch of it. We know there are a lot of help wanted ads at all all yeah. levels low levels, yeah. medium levels, high levels, and so there are lots of jobs out there. Getting people to apply and go to work has been difficult in part. Because in many states you've been paid particularly at lower end of wages to stay home and uh, you know watch television as opposed to go go to go to work, right. Right. many of those programs are rolling off, Rob, as you know, and so I think that's going to create uh, some renewed.
0: Yeah, very good. Lastly, Bob, what about uh, those who have had portfolios uh, predominantly concentrated here in the U.S.? What opportunities exist elsewhere?
6: So my, my, first of all, my hat's off to those people who have uh, either consciously or unconsciously had all of their money in the U.S. Congrats. The last decade, you've done well. My guess is um, uh, not that I'm negative on the U.S., but I think there's some catch-up coming here in the next couple of years. So diversifying geographically, Europe, for example, eventually the emerging markets, I think will pay off As global growth improves and we probably, as a result, witness some sell-off in the dollar, that will allow non-U.S. markets to do well.
0: Okay, very good. Bob, always appreciate your insights, my friend. We will talk to you next week.
6: Have a great one. Bye. All right.
0: Bless you. Uh, Bob Dahl, Chief Investment Officer of Crossmark Global Investments. Again, you can learn more at crossmarkglobal.com. Back to the phones today. Katie is in Tampa, Florida, holding holding patiently. Katie, how can I help?
7: Oh, hi. Um, Thanks for taking my call. Um, Actually, your uh, speaker answered a question for me, myself, but we have um, just some excess funds that we're holding in, in a bank account. Um, and we are self-employed and we make we're able to do the 175 each because we're over 50 to into our IRA. So we're doing that. We have a, another um, smaller portfolio that we've merged with a new with our CPA's financial advisor. but he's trying to get us to, Take cash out of our bank account and put it into half of a, a safe fund, which um, doesn't experience loss, but it's it gets half of the growth, not 100% what it's called. And the other half of the money he's asking us for is to put it into Charles Schwab, like uh, a riskier and then my mm-hmm. husband, in the back of his mind, keeps saying the stock market's gonna crash because we can't. It's not gonna keep making all this money. And then today, of course, I'm listening, and it sounds like it's in you know kind of y, just like the, the gentleman before me said. So originally, before he got on, my question was, is it still safe? I'm pushing to put at least 50 grand more into the market because it's literally sitting there doing nothing.
5: Yeah, um, yeah,
0: anyway. yeah. It make, makes sense, Katie. Uh, so let me ask you: This hundred thousand would it be in addition to money you would call, you know, your emergency savings? Yeah, we
7: have. Okay. We have enough of that.
0: Okay, and what are you doing to save for the long term? Apart from building up this cash account, are you? Uh, and then you mentioned some IRAs that are currently invested. Um, is that really the extent sure. of it? And if so, what do you have in those retirement accounts? All in?
7: No, right now it's for it's the four hundred one k's that we contribute through our self employment. Um, so, and then we have. A couple of commercial properties, but they both uh they both have a mortgage, but the um the the value is probably nine times greater than what we owe, and we are able to use them as um, tax write offs as well as far okay as great the mortgages yep. and yeah go ahead
0: go ahead and no, we that's have okay were you say something else?
7: mortgage on a house
0: no okay very we have good a
7: hundred thousand dollar yeah.
0: Excellent. And what are your ages?
7: Um, I'm 52 and my husband's 56.
0: Okay. And you guys don't plan on slowing down anytime soon? No. Yeah.
7: Okay. I mean, sure, slow down, but I still want to make money.
0: Yeah, I, don't want to I understand. <laughs> well, keep in mind, too, that once you all reach retirement age, even if you were to slow down, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of things going on. You guys probably have a lot of energy. You may even enjoy some of this. And uh, you're probably not just going to cease working and, unless you have to. And even then, if the Lord tarries and you have good health, you know, you're going to need this money for decades beyond that point. Um, so I think putting it to work for you makes sense. Um, I, I think, you know, number one, pursuing uh, getting out of debt over time is a, is a great goal, uh, for all of your properties. And I think that will give you a peace of mind and, and flexibility, um, with money that is just sitting there. I like the idea of it become, you know, being moved into the market, but I think I do it on more of a systematic basis. I don't think we're in for any kind of crash and, you know, the economists and market analysts like Bob Dahl, who we talked to a moment ago, who's literally managed, <laughs> uh, tens of billions of dollars, um, and has been on Wall Street for decades and is a committed Christ follower, he would tell you, you know, he doesn't see that happening, you know, anytime soon. Um, in fact, there's a lot of case to be made for the resiliency and the strength of the U.S. economy right now. But the markets don't go straight up. And we're clearly well into a bull market cycle. And these are cycles. So they do tend to roll over. So we could hit a recession, you know, a year or two or three down the road. And that could last a couple of years. But typically, the amount that you give up in a recession is you know maybe twenty to thirty percent at the most, whereas most bull markets you're going to see a hundred percent plus over the bull market run, which could be ten years or more like this one has. Um, and so I think as long as you're a systematic investor recognizing you can't try to time the market on the upside or the downside. And so even if you were to start moving into the market, uh, systematically, not dropping all hundred thousand in on one day, but let's say, you know, you, you take the total amount you want to move into the market and let's say you move in over three quarters. Uh, so, you know, over the next, uh, uh, you know, eight, nine months or so. I think that would be a prudent approach, because if we did hit some speed bumps along the way, you'd be able to buy at a discount. If the market's going to keep going from here, at least your entry points on the early end of that range would be lower than they are uh, down the road. But I think you and your husband need to have kind of, uh, you know, one mind about that, and you need to come together. And, um, you know, whether or not you should use this insurance product with the floor on the downside, you're going to give up, um, you know, a good bit of the upside. And because of the fees and because of the other assets you have, I don't think you need to be that risk averse. So I'd rather you say, okay, of this 100000 here's what we're comfortable moving into the market, and we're just going to focus on that. And then work on the timing of deploying those assets in terms of uh, dollar cost averaging in so you're not buying all at today's levels. Does that make sense, Katie? It does. Great. So are you... A, so? A- Let's do this unfortunately I'm out of time but you stay on the line and we'll talk a bit more off the air and finish up and I appreciate your call today very much. well folks uh, so glad to have you along with us today Moneywise live is a partnership between Moody radio and Moneywise media. I want to say thank you to Dan and Amy and Jim also thank you for being here. we're grateful we'll look for you tomorrow in another edition of Moneywise Live. Come back and join us. we'll see you then God bless
1: you.